What is up, Level Up Nation, and welcome to the May 12th edition of Level Up Live, your home for gaming and esports news brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco, you can call me John, and I am joined, as always, by the king of the courtside, the courtside king, Joey. What's up, buddy? John, we were cutting that opener close. I was moving stuff around on my <laughs> monitor still, but we made it. It's 8 o'clock, maybe a minute past, Spans, if you're keeping count over there. But overall, we are just about on time, John. There's a lot in the news this week. We were able to, con I mean, we put, what, 75% of the stuff in here? So we're covering a lot. We have a lot to show on tonight's show. So those live with us tonight also get a nice look at some trailers and good stuff like that as well. But, John, we are packed full tonight. 74 pages worth of notes <laughs> for tonight's show. Uh, that's a complete joke. It's completely cool. Nation, little housekeeping before we start. As always, make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. That is at LVLUP Live. And while you're on Twitter, why not give your favorite hosts a follow as well? Follow Joey at Courtside King, myself at Fiasco. And Nation, as always, while Twitch is the best place to experience Level Up Live, we also offer the show in podcast form. Check out the Level Up podcast available on your podcatcher of choice. And as always, Patreon as well. You want to be a super fan? Patreon.com slash OTN. Consider supporting OTN even further than just watching us and listening to us. Not required, but feel free to check it out as well. All right, Joey, it is an action-packed episode once again. What is on tap for tonight's Level Up? It's funny you say that. I forgot to open my beer, so I'm trying to open it over here without getting it everywhere. Um, let's see here. On the slate for tonight, John, we have Apex Season 13 has launched. We have new Gotham Knights footage. Xbox Bethesda has delayed Starfield. We're talking Dead Space Remake. It now has a date. We're talking Smash.GG getting rebranded to something new. Lots of new heroes, legends, and all that goodness on top of some new trailers as well. Enjoy. I think the most important topic that will not be making the show tonight is My Chemical Romance has released new music for the first time in 14 years. Yes, my little emo heart is very, very happy today. Yeah, John, I'm uh, surprised so. you didn't wear eyeliner, actually, for the show tonight. You know what? Um... I got rid of the eyeliner a long oh. time ago. Uh, yeah, the, my, my, my hardcore emo days are, are, are kind of behind me. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean I won't break out the black skinny jeans and the studded belt again. Like, it's going to happen just, just sooner rather than later. You know, who knows? So, again, knows? guys, patreon.com forward slash OTN <laughs> to get pictures of John in those skinny jeans. <laughs> yeah, you, you, have to, you have to sub to the emo tier for that one, uh, as, as always. All right, Joey, we have our topics. It is time for our drink of choice. You were teasing it a little bit before there. You're cracking open your beer. What you sipping on tonight? Yeah, I was trying to open it without spilling it everywhere, but also look up a description, <laughs> which I did not get to that second part. Uh, I'm drinking You Call That a Knife from Aslan. I'm pretty sure Shocker. it's a double IPA, but I don't remember what its flavor is, so I still got to look that up. You don't know what flavor? Like, Have you taken a sip yet? Like, or? I don't remember what like the notes and everything are. So you give yours, and I'm going to look it up. And Everyone in it. chat right now, flame this man for drinking an IPA once again from Aslan, with still without being sponsored by that brewery. Joey, shame on you for not having that meeting as of yet. Okay, but time out, chat. I do this every time. I know a lot of you don't like IPAs. I get it. You just got to try one from this brewery. I'm telling you guys, it'll change the way you think about them. It definitely changed the way I do. Uh, OG Flavor Tansa says, IPAs are for weaklings. Uh... <laughs> Blake goes IPA, a.k.a. cat piss. Uh, that's a very blunt, uh, but uh, I, I, I do technically agree. Chat's starting to sound like all the fanboys on Twitter over here. I love it. I absolutely. Joey, uh, mine simple is a gigantic glass that is Coke Zero and Captain. 
Of course, you can never go wrong with Captain and Coke. So that is what I am sipping on for tonight's episode. Joey, I, I feel like we are ready to go. Uh, so uh, do, do you have a uh, review that you would like to talk about on your beer or should we just kick it off? Oh, I've actually had it before. It's really good. I would rate okay. it like a four point something out of five. So four it's pretty good. It, so the description for those curious, uh, it's a dry hopped with Citra, Vic Secret and Wamia. I believe it's how it's pronounced. What is a Vic Secret? Yeah, they're different things that beers are done with uh, for the flavor type of people. Passion fruit, pine, peach, and it's rounded out with a West Coast bitterness. As opposed to an East Coast bitterness? There's a bunch. There's like New England is a bitterness. Uh, so I guess that counts as East Coast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, New yeah. England is fairly bitter. <laughs> Just the Boston fans. Just the, okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> Joey, this is, this is going downhill real quick. So let's go ahead and get into our first uh, segment, of course. That is going to be Gaming Esports News. And tonight's segment is presented by GamerBytes. Bite-sized gaming and esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. Sign up today. The link is in chat here for you as well. Uh, Take a look at Gamer Bites as well. Joe, let's go ahead and kick it off with our first topic in gaming and esports news. Absolutely. Unfortunately, the kickoff for this one is delayed, John. Delayed to the first half of 2023. That is Xbox Bethesda coming out through a Twitter message by the Bethesda Twitter account today. Starfield and Redfall have been the victims of delays as much of the industry has been recently. They're both getting moved to the first half of 2023, and that's about all we know so far. Again, a lot of people coming up in arms of this. I get it. If you're an Xbox fan, there's very few first-party releases coming from Xbox this year. It's unfortunate. That's where we are at this point. Redfall initially was supposed to drop, I believe, summer 2022. I thought it was going to get delayed to October. Apparently, that's not enough. It's getting pushed even farther. Starfield was originally coming out, I think it was November 11th, 2022. Now that one again delayed to 2023. We don't know the date. Uh, Some speculation is that they're looking at an end of February release, but at the moment it's just guessing. Yeah, and Joey, you're getting a lot of heat in our Discord server uh, because that was something you mentioned a couple weeks ago that there's a chance that Starfield could be delayed. Uh, OG Flavortown essentially accused you of (laughs) of causing the delay for even mentioning the possibility. Joey, you put it out into the universe, so now you have to answer for your bad deeds. Uh, I'm going to start by answering, guys, discord.me forward slash OTN. You could also be yelling at me on Discord, uh, just like OG Flavortown in chat tonight. Uh, With that being said, John, I like the idea. Okay, I don't like the idea of delays, but I like the idea of a game being delayed as opposed to rushed out. Uh, I think Cyberpunk 2077 has taught all of that, all of us really, that that can be a good case. That game, a lot of people say is phenomenal, should have been a game of the year quality game. Unfortunately, due to bugs, due to unplayability on old gen consoles, it got pretty much panned by a lot of different critics. Same thing could have happened here with Starfield. Uh, There's rumors that the flighting mechanics are not quite where they want them to be. It's not quite as smooth of a flight as they're hoping. So that could have been one reason. Another one could just be bugs. I mean, when you look at how massive games like that are, how many planets and all these different systems are kind of in place, you want to take the time to get it right. So I'm kind of glad we're getting a delay, as much as I hate to say it at the same point. Yeah, I mean, it's great because we're not going to have to have Starfield uh, with a 38-gig patch to fix the game along with 87 pages of patch notes to go with it to make the game playable on certain consoles. Uh, so, yeah, um, I, I think it's a good decision. Uh, I feel like the hype around this game is still going to be there, even though it's delayed. A lot of people are really excited uh, for this Bethesda title. I know uh, you and I are both excited. So a lot of people in the OTN Discord are excited as well. Uh, while it's sad to see it, I, I think it's possibly the right call. You do not want to have a major title like Starfield come out 
and fall flat on its face. You, I mean, not many games get to bounce back like a No Man's Sky that took two, three years to really make that bounce back or Cyberpunk that uh, really took a lot of people to be convinced uh, to actually come back to the game. I mean, there's one point in time where Sony was even issuing refunds because it wasn't playable uh, on their uh, on their consoles and uh, they stopped selling it on the marketplace because of it. So you definitely want to make sure your game is playable and you don't want to run into any snags along the way. You want the best first playthrough experience you possibly can. So I think it's the right call at the end of the day. Uh, but, but yeah, it does suck to see that it got delayed. Absolutely. So if you guys are looking forward to that one, look in the first half of 2023. Already looking like a sick year. Starfield up there, Redfall up there. Uh, the new Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel is going to be up there. Uh, they're targeting like spring 2023 for that. I personally think God of War Ragnarok is also going to be delayed out of 2022 to 2023. So it should be a very hot early half of that year. Next up, Gotham, John. Gotham, the darkness of Gotham. Those of us that saw the Batman recently, that came out. Well, you're getting some game action too. Gotham Knights footage was revealed just earlier this week. I think it was on Tuesday. We saw some gameplay of Nightwing and Red Hood. What are your thoughts on this, Sean? So a Batman game that you're not playing as Batman, uh, that to me is different. It's something we haven't had with any of the Arkham games. Typically, sure, you can unlock characters here and there. There's little ways around it. But in general, you're playing as Batman, and Batman is your main character in a lot of these games, as they're named after him anyway. Uh, this one kind of taking a different approach, giving four other characters. Personally, I'm a big Nightwing fan. I'm excited to dive in and kind of get some new combos going with him. Uh, with that being said, a lot of people are thinking the combat looks lackluster so far. And overall, they're not quite sure what to expect with this game. Yeah, I absolutely love it how like a, a teaser comes out with uh, in-game footage that it, on a not-completed game, a game that's still being developed, not even in alpha, not even in beta, and the first thing they go say is, I don't like the way it looks. I don't like how the action looks. I don't like how any of the, this all looks underwhelming. Well, you want to know what? That's the reason why it's still in development. The reason why they put these teasers out there is to kind of show you, hey, this is how far we've gone. Overall, when you take a look at this on your screen right now, if you're live with us here on Twitch, you know, the graphics look great so far. The mechanics look pretty smooth, look pretty fluid. Obviously, they're going to get polished as this game continues to go through development and goes into the beta phase and everything else. This game looks great. And Joey, I'm right there with you. I love the fact that we're going to be able to play other characters other than Batman. I'm a big Robin fan. I love every version of Robin. Uh, so, you know, anything that allows you to play a, a, a you know Robin or a version of Robin in these games or a different character other than Batman, yes, I get it. Batman is a legendary character. There is no arguing that whatsoever. But it's kind of nice when Batman gets to share the spotlight with some other characters in these video game titles as well. Joey, I think it looks great. Overall, so far, from what we can see from this trailer, uh, the gameplay looks great. Uh, mechanics kind of reminds me a little bit of the Spider-Man games on PlayStation, uh, with just with the camera, angers, camera angles, pardon me, and the shooting mechanics and just how everything goes, and like, like how the bullets look when they come flying out of the gun. Uh, it has a lot of uh, things that remind me a lot of... Uh, those Spider-Man games. So I'm happy with it. Uh, I think people are being a little overcritical on it, but I think overall it looks solid and it's definitely a title I'd be looking at. Yeah, I think the Spider-Man comparison is good as far as combat. I also think the Arkham Knight games or Arkham Asylum games rather are a pretty good comparison too. A lot of that combat where it slows down in certain particular moments and then it'll speed back up as you hit combos and different things like that. So I think it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Again, I agree 
in the sense that it does need some more polish here and there. But overall, it's still early, like you mentioned. It's still got some time. I believe it's set to come out late in October of 2022. So we have six months plus of it to still get developed, to still get polished, to still get ready to go. And a lot of these trailers that are shown are typically cut a while before as well. So this could be three months old at this point too. So a lot of different factors there to consider as well. Last but not least for Gotham Knights, Sean, this was originally supposed to come out on PS4 and Xbox One as well. Unfortunately, they have been chopped. The Batarang has come out and sliced them right off the schedule. It will now only be releasing on the Xbox Series X and S, PS5, and PC. Anything else to say about Gotham Knights and our good friend over there, Wayne? Stop being overly critical. Simple as that. Stop Let being overly come out and play it. You heard it here <laughs> from the guy in his tight black pants. Uh, moving on, what? Apex. <laughs> first off, first off, number one, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, on, on this day, the day the Lord has given us a My Chemical Romance release, how dare you? How dare you, Joey? What was I thinking? Uh, I know what I was thinking, John. Apex Season 13 has officially launched, and I am excited to dive into this. I haven't played Apex in a while. It's been a hot minute. Uh, I think I do update it regularly, though. I just haven't launched it. With that being said, maybe this will drive me to that Season 13 Saviors is now out. We have a new legend in Newcastle. He is full of shielding for those supportive heroes, uh, for those people who like playing support heroes, rather. He has a mobile shield, which is his tactical ability. Allows him to throw a controllable drone that in turn creates a moving energy force as he moves around the battlefield. He has the ability to defend people while he's reviving them with another shield. And last but not least, his ultimate can come out, Castle Wall. It allows him to leap to a targeted area, drop this giant castle wall down defending where he can kind of peek over alongside his teammates to get shots off on the enemy. He looks pretty strong, John, and he's got a lot of shielding builds in that kit to keep him healthy as well. Finally, a support player that supports will love and people can stop complaining to support players. Oh, you don't heal me. You don't shield me enough. This one looks like he is properly equipped going forward in Apex. Super excited for this one. I may have to download the game and give him a shot again. And there you go. John might throw up his shield alongside Newcastle, and he can do it on the new map. Stormpoint is coming out, and it's been around for a bit, but it's getting some considerable changes. The first one being an enormous dead sea creature has washed up on shore. This is now a high loot location. Uh, if you're adventurous enough, you can go inside of the monster. I think you can enter through like its mouth, its throat, its belly. Uh, it depends how much organ juice you want to get on you as you dive in there for that high tier loot. On top of that, organ the juice. Intercellar Manufacturing Corporation, or the IMC for short, for those following the lore, they've had armories pop up across the island. I think there's like four or five of them. You can jump in there to get a payload of weapons, as well as a chance of valuable loot if you can fight off multiple waves of spawning specters. So a lot of new high-tier stuff coming, too. And then last but not least, for the Ranked Grinders, which I know John is getting ready to dive right back into when he re-downloads, uh, he can now go in there and get as many kills as possible without being capped on rewards. So he can be popping heads, pop one, pop two. And he does have the ability to demote, though, if he goes back to Overwatch, forgets to play some Apex for a while, his demotion could come on in, as well as a number of other changes coming in Ranked. Boo. Boo. I mean, I think this is a pretty decent update. Like, if I'm other games, not Fortnite, because they obviously lead the charge here, uh, but let's say Halo Infinite, for example. They have a lot of room to work on kind of meshing out what their seasons are supposed to look like. This, to me, is kind of like an ideal season. You have a new hero. Obviously, Halo can't do that, but in games that have heroes, you throw a new hero in every three months. You give some map changes. Give us some rank changes or cosmetic changes. There's obviously new battle pass as well. Uh, this, to me, is a pretty well-rounded season from Apex. 
Yeah, it looks solid. I feel like it's going to uh, bring back a lot of players. Uh, hopefully, we'll see Apex bounce back here a little bit. Uh, will they? They're not going to take down Fortnite. We all know that. Uh, but but it's nice to have something that has uh, a battle royale. That's uh, a battle royale type game that is building uh, hype again uh, to compete against Fortnite continuously. I, I, I don't know. I think it's great. It, it may pique my interest enough to actually uh, download it again, like I was saying. Yeah, man, Battle Royale is still popping off to this day, and it continues. Next up on the slate, alongside an art design stream that happened today, we have a release date for the upcoming Dead Space remake. It is now going to be released January 23rd, 2023. John, I have to ask, did you ever play the original Dead Space? I did not. Uh, I played parts of it. Uh, I'm not a big horror game fan. I can't imagine who would know that from just watching me play games and getting scared at everything. Um, but it is one of those things that a lot of people will enjoy. Uh, it allows for a lot of creativity like Fallout where you can kind of make your own weapons and combine different things for interesting takes. Um, but on top of that, you now have the chance to dive back into that universe. A lot of people probably for the first time because that original game launched, I'll have to look it up. Um, but it's been a hot minute since Dead Space originally launched um, as I'm trying to pull this up here. Uh, when did that originally launch? Any idea? Dead Space. No. This is Joey Learns How to Use Wikipedia Day. Um, but anyway, it's been a while. It was launched in 2008, actually. You know, that's something else. Do, do, do. Yeah, 2008, I think. At least that's when the franchise came around. So somewhere around 2008. Either way, guys, a long time. Ago. Over a decade. Many times. Uh, new game comes out. New decade. Getting a chance at it. Dead Space. For those interested, again, January 23rd, 2023. And more info will continue to come. I believe there's a bigger showcase plan for sometime around October 2022 range. Next up on the slate, popular gaming and esports tournament platform Smash.gg. We've used that here at OTN. They are rebranding, John, to something so different than Smash.gg no one will ever imagine. It's going to be Start.gg. Uh, it still starts like with an it. S, still five <laughs> letters long. Uh, it's actually very popular so far on social media. I get it. I think it's a good change. Do I like Smash.gg? I think the name works well. But now, one, being owned by Microsoft, and two, trying to brand outside of the Smash scene that's poorly supported to begin with, it's kind of a good move in that sense. Like, you want to try to keep your roots in that Smash scene, but at the same point, branch out to other game titles since that one is not supported as well as it should be. Agreed. I, I think it's fine. I I don't know. Like, my issue is, is you, yeah, you want to branch outside the Smash scene, and I get that. Um, but at the same time, it's like... Everyone already knew Smash.gg. Like, it was so well-established in the gaming tournament scene. Uh, and I, I'm happy they're getting positive reviews and everything. I, I think that's smart uh, and actually a good sign that the rebrand is is a smart idea. But I don't know. It just I, – I get it, but at the same time, it's like you've already been established. People already know you. It's a very big gamble to make a major change. Uh, by changing your name to start, it, it looks like it might be paying off, so the gamble might pay off. Uh, but it, that is just such a risky move, in my opinion. Well, and it's one of those things where this website almost had to shut down. If Microsoft hadn't bought them out, they weren't successful enough at their own point that they would have lasted. So I think there is some reason for a reband there to maybe separate from only being Nintendo titles to something a little bit more. Now, again, they've always offered more titles. They were just known for Smash, given their name. So while I'm not the biggest fan maybe of Start.gg in and of itself, I think the idea of moving forward is a good one overall. 
Nintendo's Indie World Showcase. We all know John and I are fans of indies. We love jumping into some indie games, whether they're added to Game Pass or added to our queue via something else. This showcase ran approximately 25 minutes long and featured around 20 games. We'll just jump through a little bit of the footage here as we talk through it. Uh, in general, there were a lot of different games shown, about 20 different games, as I just said. Uh, some of these stood out to me more than others. Ooblets is one that didn't really catch my attention here at the beginning. But as we go on, there'll be a few more, like Soundfall, I think, looks slightly intriguing. Silt is another one that kind of has a little bit of that Limbo color palette, or I believe it was Inside something um, from... Shoot, I can't think of that game. It won a, lot of, a bunch of awards a couple years ago, um, but it definitely has a similar palette to that. In Silt, uh, you have some other ones like Card Shark. That was one that I was really excited for at the beginning of the year, and I'm still pretty stoked for. Uh, it should be dropping in June. Uh, I don't remember the exact time period, but you're kind of playing your way through poker and card games and kind of lying as you go. And the whole idea, it's almost like a roguelite in the sense you're trying to work your way up. You're trying to work your way through the end of the dungeon, per se, um, without being noticed that you're cheating on these different card games. So that's kind of a cool concept. Uh, Curse to Golf, John has given his opinion on this one before. Uh, that was one where John is not the biggest fan of golfing. Um, and this one particularly takes purgatory and kind of makes it a golf course. So as you work your way through purgatory, you're playing through these 18 holes of golf. Um, there's a couple other ones that were shown that have caught some interest. Wild Frost is a card game, uh, similar to like a Hearthstone type of thing, but not quite as continue to build your deck over time, but more a game in and of itself. Uh, Cult of the Lamb has been brought up a number of times as well as some other ones. So anything in particular, John, that's catching your eye here? Again, about 20 games shown, lots of different varieties in here too. Uh, no, I, I think you hit all the interesting ones. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to playing golf in Purgatory. Uh, so uh, we'll go for them. We'll go from there. Yeah, it is definitely an interesting one. If you guys have Nintendo Switches, these are not all Switch exclusives. They will all be coming to Switch, but some will be coming to other platforms as well, whether it be PC or other consoles too. Okay, moving from the indie showcase to a very well-established title, this one being Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter World, continuing to break records, continuing to sell very well. Uh, we saw it in Capcom's earning reports that came out this week, Monster Hunter, a super successful series, and now we have some new footage of Monster Hunter Sunbreak coming to Nintendo Switch, I believe, this summer. Monster Hunter to me, John, is always one of those interesting games. You, I feel like the mechanics are not super easy to get a hang of, but there is a lot of variety out there. Sure, you're just taking monsters time and time again, but in doing so, you're building up equipment, you're gaining different parts from them, you're finding different ways to defeat them to continue growing stronger, and I love that concept. Uh, it kind of goes back to you continue to try as hard as you can, continue to get better at certain things, learn patterns, and then eventually grow. Yeah, absolutely. And Monster Hunter is a great title. It's got a really big fan base worldwide. Uh, so it is always great to see uh, more footage of the next Mon Monster Hunter coming out. And I think this one looks great. Everyone loves a nice dark dragon, and there are plenty of them right? included in here. Uh, the next one, though, we're going from a dark character to a light character in Espeon. Everyone loves their Eevee Evolves. Unfortunately, we're not going dark to dark with an Umbreon action, but we are getting Espeon headed to Pokemon Unite as the 35th champion and or Pokemon added to the popular MOBA. We do have a little bit of footage here from a YouTuber on Espeon. Uh, John, are you a big Eevee fan yourself? I was personally a huge fan of Eevees, having to get every evolution every game. I do love me some Eevee, uh, and Eevee was so cool because Eevee could evolve into three different types, a water type, you know, um, 
I'm blanking on all the names. I know Jolteon was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, electric. electricity is... Uh, Come on, you got the other Flareon two. Flareon was the fire. Okay. Uh, and the water was... Oh, Starts boy, with a V. Why am I blanking? Vapor, va Vaporeon, Yeah, right? there you go. Yeah, there we go. Thank you for the hint, well Joey. Done. I appreciate well the teamwork done. there. Well, you know what? Well done, Level Up Live. That was a team <laughs> win right there. Uh, yeah, so, I mean... Uh, yeah, Eevee's one of those really cool Pokemons that really could fit your play style however you wanted. Uh, the fact that there's going to be a, a new evolution of Eevee, I think, is really, really cool also. Um, I'll definitely have to check this out, too. I mean, e I think Eevee's, like, right up... <laughs> hot take. Eevee's right up there with, like, Pikachu when it comes to iconic OG Pokemon. So... Uh, I think this is going to be great. I think old Pokemon fans are going to love it. I think new and current Pokemon fans are going to love it. Uh, it definitely has me interested in it again. Uh, so uh, that that says something, I guess. There you go, guys. Grab your Firestones, your Thunderstones, and all that goodness. Evolve your Eevees. In this case, I think Espeon, you had to do like some time of the day thing or something like during the day to evolve. Um, but regardless, it's a little bit easier in Pokemon Unite. If you guys want to check that out, available on Nintendo Switch as well as mobile devices. Next up, hitting the field, as many say. We have new Mario Strikers, the Battle League trailer coming out uh, for the soccer fans slash football fans for our European listeners out there. This one looks sick. I love the original when it came to, I believe it was the original Wii. Now we're getting a new look version of this coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, I'm excited to smack Panicking Pat around in this game in particular. Uh, John and I will probably play some co-op against him at some point. That'll be good times ahead. Uh, but in the end, this game looks fun, John. I love different takes on soccer. I mean, they've done it so well with racing with Mario Kart, and we've seen them jump into other sports and do things well, too, like Mario Tennis. I love the idea of them going back to soccer, one of the most popular sports in the world, and bringing the heat with Mario and Luigi again. Yeah, I don't want to make a jab here at our next topic, but uh, it almost feels like Nintendo even has a leg up on FIFA now going forward, but we'll <laughs> talk about that here in a little bit. But yeah, I mean, look, football slash soccer here in the U.S. is one of... Uh, it, it probably. It, I'm sorry, is the most popular sport in the world, hands down. The amount of people that play soccer slash football around the world, um, is is extraordinary. The World Cup, there's nothing that can equate to it anywhere in the world. Uh, there's a lot of of soccer fans out there. There's a lot of soccer gaming fans out there as well that also happen to be Nintendo fans. Uh, the fact that you can put Nintendo characters together with the world's game is always great. I think it's fun making an arcadey version. Doesn't have to be a soccer simulator uh, like uh, EA's title. Uh, it, it's fun. It's a great party game. It's a great group game for uh, not just kids but adults as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, Joey, I am looking forward to us teaming up and smacking around Panicking Pat a little bit as well to, to, to humble him a little bit. Yeah, I brought it to Pat in Mario Tennis, and that was a lot of fun. He would get. Uh, he gets very riled up with these things, so it's in particular right? fun to kind of poke at him, but I think you and I could have a lot of fun messing with him in this one. Oh, absolutely. Then we have EA. John, you started to hint at it a little bit, and we're going to move right into it. It's officially rebranding its popular FIFA franchise. We've talked about this before. There were some disagreements there. FIFA said, yo, EA, we want you to pay more in licensing fees. EA said, nah, nah, bro, we built your franchise here, and they've decided to break apart. FIFA is now becoming EA Sports FC. While the FIFA governing body has decided they're going to continue making soccer games, but they're looking for new companies to work with to license their FIFA branding for a different soccer game. Yeah, so this is what I don't understand. This hurts FIFA more than anything else. This is the same FIFA organization that almost went bankrupt a couple years ago. 
um, that had a lot of issues that just got done making new deals with regional governing bodies like UEFA and CONCACAF uh, and the AFC, uh, talking about how, oh, they're going to be able to, to give these regions more money and everything like this. And then they go and end a partnership with EA Sports where they were pulling in 150, reportedly, $150 million a year in that partnership deal from EA, uh, plus probably whatever other benefits they get from this title. And they said, you know what? We want more. They wanted to be greedy. EA wanted ex exclusivity from FIFA, which makes a lot of sense. They've already had an almost 30-year partnership with each other. Why not seal the deal going forward? Well, FIFA wanted to back out, play their, uh, pay, uh, make their own game now. But here's the kicker. There have been domestic leagues that have already come out in support of EA Sports. There have been governing bodies like UEFA that have come out in favor of EA Sports. They already have these deals long-term in place with EA Sports. So what does that mean? It means FIFA, whenever they launch their brand new from the ground up title, whenever that does come out, they do not have the rights to the English Premier League, to the UEFA Champions League, to the CONCACAF Gold Cup and other domestic leagues and tournaments uh, like that as well. So, really, what is FIFA's title going to have in it? Uh, that's a great question. Are they just going to release a World Cup video game every four years? Maybe, maybe not. They're going to have to build this thing from the ground up, or they're going to have to partner with someone like Epic, or they're going to have to maybe go with Konami and their amazing soccer game, whatever the heck they've changed <laughs> that name to. Uh, it used to be Pro Evolution Soccer. That has been an absolute stellar sell, by the way. Uh, having a whole whopping seven teams in it. Uh, but yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's a bad move for FIFA. FIFA's taken a massive, massive gamble that has, in my opinion, from what I've seen, very little chance to succeed. EA has developed this game for over 20 plus years, and FIFA's going to be like, you know what? We can do it better. Cool. Let's see what you can do, FIFA. Because last time I checked, you can barely put on a World Cup without having human rights violations uh, being brought up uh, when you award the World Cup to countries that bring in slaves to build stadiums, uh, uh, spending millions and billions of dollars from these countries that already have a poverty issue to build these white elephant stadiums that after the games are done are going to sit there empty and cost millions of dollars to upkeep, but they're just going to sit there. Uh, so yeah, I think FIFA has more things to worry about than making a video game, but apparently I'm wrong. Way to go, FIFA. FIFA wants to hold their line, John. They want more money. They want their crazy amount of money for the licensing fees, even though EA did a lot of the work. And it's crazy. I mean, EA is an organization that is tough to defend a lot of the time. FIFA is one of those few organizations yes. <laughs> that makes us be able to defend EA, which in and of itself I think is pretty much a feat to behold. Uh, with that being said, like right. if I'm FIFA, I think this is going to be hard to do. Like you're saying, I think you're projecting a... A lot of failures on the side of FIFA creating this new game. I think the only way they could really do it successfully is if they go the 2K route. If they go with Take-Two, they say, hey, we like what you're doing with NBA 2K. Let's establish something on that side with the 2K build. But for soccer, uh, you bring in the neighborhood or the park. You bring in all of those aspects. Sure, you have some kind of my player points to get revenue. You have an ultimate team type of thing. I think that's the only way this works. But then even then, it still comes back to the licensing. Like you said, they don't have the logos. They don't have the player names and likenesses. It's a very, very 
I mean, there's no other way to put it, but a very, very long road ahead of them. They have so much work to do. First, they have to find a partner, one that's willing to pay these fees and then find a way to get some of these rights back as well. Yeah, like like everyone makes fun that Juventus isn't in uh, EA Sports FIFA title. It's like Piedmonte, <laughs> whatever. And it's like not even the players. It has, you know, I don't even think they play in the proper stadium or anything else. It's an absolute joke. Well, that's because Juventus sold their rights to a different game, and that's completely fine. My club that I support, FC Bayern Munich, recently did the same thing by giving their rights exclusively to uh, Pro Evolution Soccer or whatever name they're going by now. Uh, but their likeness is still their, – their name, kits, and player names can still be used in FIFA due to the uh, deal with the Bundesliga that uh, EA Sports has with them. But FIFA's title won't have access to any of that. I mean, you think, uh, you know, Piedmonte is really bad for Juventus? Just wait until they come up with, like, other random names. Like, like Joe, you're a big Man City fan. They're going to be like, uh, oh, FC Westside Manchester Blues and, like, some cringy name like that for the official FIFA game. It's going to be bad. It's going to be really, really bad. And, Joey, no matter how much money you spend – your new signing of of Holland won't be in that game either. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And honestly, John, you might be onto something. Like, they're going to lose a lot of revenue up front, but the easier way to do this is to make World Cup rights exclusive, right? You say, hey, no one else, eFootball, Pez, whatever you want to be called, EA Sports, FC, all these other games cannot do World Cup. We hold exclusivity for it. That's something FIFA could do. Now, again, that's a release, what, every... I mean, if they do women's too, they could release every two years, right? Because they're every two years apart? Joey, I, let's be completely <laughs> honest, okay? L let's be 100% oh, no. honest here. And, and, and this is not a knock on women's soccer. This is more a knock on the current uh, situation in gaming. I honestly, while I would buy in a heartbeat, buy a women's World Cup game, I really don't think it would sell I actually think well. it would sell better and than people think. I mean, when you look at it worldwide, women's soccer but is a lot more popular. In the U.S., it's definitely, it even though we're the better team in most tournaments, it's still not super popular mm -hmm. over here for sure. No, and, and, and trust me, I understand that. But for a game that's released every four years, I mean, the big question is, this is what I would rather see. You have the World Cup game come out uh, in rotation with the Men's World Cup. And then in two years, when it's the Women's World Cup, it's an expansion pack or a DLC or something that adds on to that original game. I, I don't think as a standalone game it would do as well. I do think it would sell. I do think it would do decent. But in comparison, I really don't think it would do as well. That's why if they put it as an expansion or a DLC to that World Cup game, then that would probably have more people playing it, more people buying the DLC. If it's like a $20 DLC to have that tournament added on versus paying another 50 or $60 for the Women's World Cup video game. I mean, the other route, you could go the live service route that everyone seems to want to go this nowadays. It feels like uh, the only thing with those is you got to find a way to kind of reset Ultimate Team every once in a while. And I don't know exactly how that would work, if it's a seasonal structure or what that ends up looking like. Um, but that is one idea too, right? You don't get your upfront sales, but you still get those microtransactions coming in. So there are ways they can do it. Again, still a very, very big uphill battle up against EA though.
Next up, this one's going to take flight a little bit quicker than that FIFA title. Microsoft Flight Sim's Top Gun expansion is set to land this month on May 25th, right around the same time as the movie. We do have some footage of that from the most recent trailer as well. Uh, in the end, John, we all know I am not the most successful pilot, uh, virtually or in person, especially when it comes to Microsoft Flight Sim. You, on the other hand, are quite good. Uh, having your license in real life, as well as flying virtually and flying me around in Microsoft Flight Sim. What are your thoughts on this new expansion? <laughs> I love it. Um, this is something that Microsoft Flight Sim has done for a very, very long time. They've always added in um, a uh, kind of like, not necessarily branded as Top Gun, but allowed military aircraft uh, to have a place inside of their flight sim. And I think it's really, really awesome. Um, the fact that you can have that aircraft experience where you can be launched off a catapult uh, from zero to like 200 in under three seconds and go airborne to try to land on an aircraft carrier and catch the three wire for a perfect landing on the aircraft uh, carrier. I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. You can fly around in an F-A-18 Hornet, uh, which is an absolute juggernaut in the skies when it comes to... Uh, you know, <laughs> that's exactly what it is, a, a fighter plane. Um, I really hope they put the F-14 Tomcat, which is what made Top Gun, the original movie, so epic. The, the, the Tomcat, it was a very impressive and unique aircraft that's no longer used by the U.S. Navy. But it has that iconic look with the wings that are able to get swept back uh, for, for even faster flying. Uh I hope that gets added back into the game because like, that'd be really cool to see the F-14 back in the skies, even if it's just virtually. Uh, but I think this is great. It's not only great for the game, for the simulator, but it's great for the movie title. Top Gun came out in, like, what, the, the mid-'80s? So, you know, it's been freaking forever, and now we're going to see Tom Cruise come back, hopefully with his Scientology BS to the side, and we'll be able to watch, you know, Top Gun in all of its glory uh, so I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's going to do wonders to help promote the movie also. Uh, but I'm super excited for this. It's going to be great. It's It, it looks amazing. I'm, I'm excited I think that's one it. of the coolest tie-ins. Like, I feel like this probably was actually ready to launch last November. But because the movie got delayed, they ended up delaying this as well. And I think that's just a great tie-in. Like you said, it kind of, one, reinvigorates the franchise a bit. You have the movie, you have gameplay, now you can kind of tie it all together, and it makes for a really fun experience that is both inside the theater and outside. So I'm really stoked for this as well. And it's yeah, free. True. Let's Everyone go. loves free. Next up, we're going from the skies to the ground, John. The bugs strike back in this new grounded update. Quite a bit coming in here, just to touch on a couple things. There are going to be new ways to interact with bugs. So on top of bugging John, we can also just dive down into the ground and bug some fellow bugs as well. Uh, we have base sieges in which hordes of specific insects can attack your base. Uh, they're doing this in an effort to exact revenge for invading their territory and killing their kind. We have the waft emitter coming in as well. And this one sounds like it's going to allow you to encourage a base siege to actually occur by spreading the scent of bug parts. Uh, so this is saying, hey, I have killed a bunch of your kind. Let me rub it all over my base and call you in for this horde attack. Uh, you have mixers, which are scattered around the yard and can provide you a ton of valuable raw science as well. Uh, for those who haven't played the game, that's pretty much the idea of XP uh, within Grounded. There are new ways to defend. We have upgraded armor pieces, which can provide increased defense, new turrets for defending bases. Uh, the rumor is that these are AA turrets, anti-ant turrets, uh, but they're actually pollen turrets as well as pebble turrets coming in here. 
Uh, we have new traps, the explosive burr trap, which sounds absolutely terrifying for me in real life even. Uh, I'm sure it packs a punch <laughs> in game two. Some quality of life game features too. You have the peeper cards, which can be collected for every grounded critter and provide stats on strength, weaknesses, locations, and drop resources. So pretty much like info cards, it sounds like. The ability to rename and better organize inventories, the ability to clean up your yard, and much, much more. John, we've dove into Grounded a little bit here and there. Uh, I think you're similar to me where you like the idea of going into it but would prefer for that full experience with it still being an early access. I'm kind of still waiting that one out, partly because of achievements, partly because it feels like there's just thousands of games to play right now. Um, but overall, I still love the idea of this Honey, I Shrunk the Kids type of game, and I'm glad they're still adding a ton of new content. Yeah, I, I just need them to put together a, a solid game that is polished and doesn't have as many no pun intended, <laughs> bugs. Uh, uh, God, there, there's no way of getting around <laughs> that. I hate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a game we've played on and off. Uh, you know, uh, I know Tots in, in OTN is is a big fan of this game as well. Uh, we put a lot of time into it. Uh, yes, the spiders are absolutely terrifying in it, uh, which I think is a very different aspect in, in, in video games. You don't have, you know, those moments where you're shrunk down and you have normal sized spiders that are now massive coming after you uh still one of my least favorite and i mean it does have games. the arachnophobia uh, mode but <laughs> i feel like the big giant blobs coming after you are just as terrifying too <laughs> right like come on give me a break just take the spiders out nobody likes spiders <laughs> to begin with it's as simple as but anyway yeah i'm excited they're still adding to this game this game has a lot of potential um, but no, I think i'm right there with you joe i, I kind of want to see it come together a little bit more before before we dive back in yeah, I mean, most of the yard still is not unlocked, so yeah, I don't know yeah. when the full release is going to come. Maybe at this point it's 2023, uh, but it seems like they're adding a lot. They filled up the pond at this point. I think there's birds in the game. You can ride and tame at this point. Uh, so there's going to be a ton of different content when this eventually does land in full release. Next up, for our Warzone and Call of Duty fans out there, Operation Monarch is headed to Warzone. Uh, this has got to be one of the weirdest crossovers in the history of Call of Duty. Uh, we do have Godzilla and King Kong headed to the island here to disrupt your try at getting that nice win in Warzone. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't get this one, John. Uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner, but now with Godzilla and King Kong. Uh, I just, I don't know where this came from, why this came from. Uh, it's interesting. I think it looks a little choppy from the trailers, but overall, it's different. It's stupid, is what it is. <laughs> I th this is quite look. There have been some really weird crossovers in video games and in esports. Like I, I get it. Like you got to think outside of the box. Um, but but the problem is, is when you think outside of the box, you don't you don't want to go too far away from the box. Uh, this Godzilla King Kong Warzone, I. <sighs> why like it like i i get it it's a video game it's not real it, it, it's fine it's whatever but it's just so random so incredibly random I, I don't know i mean to me it just reeks of a gimmick and and that's my problem is to me it, it's very gimmicky it feels like it's try harding too much i don't know it, for me it, it's definitely not for me and i i don't know i I don't think it's going to do as well as people think it might do, but that's just me. I could be completely wrong. I just don't think it changes anything. Like, if I'm going to log in to play Warzone, I'm going to log in to play Warzone regardless if Godzilla or King Kong right? are there. And, and I mean, like, with the, the Top Gun stuff, it's planes. Microsoft Flight Sim is planes. 
it makes sense. On top of that, a movie's coming out. There's a reason to push it. Unless I'm missing something, is there a new Godzilla or King Kong movie coming out? Like, why is this coming about? Yeah, um, as the world's biggest King Kong and, Gog- and Godzilla <laughs> fan uh, here on the show, um, I, no, no, I, I, no, I don't know. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't know. For me, Godzilla and King Kong are right up there with zombies and vampires. Like, it's completely overdone. Like, it, I, it's so dumb. It, it's dumb. I got nothing else. I'm speechless. It's dumb. <laughs> so, guys, I think you can count John out for diving into Godzilla and King Kong in the Warzone Battle Royale action. Panicking Pat in chat may be able to join up with you, though, if you are interested in diving into that one. Next on the slate is Resident Evil. Very popular video game series, Resident Evil Village, getting a lot of nominations for Game of the Year last year and a lot of praise throughout. Now it's got a show headed to Netflix as well. Resident Evil, the Netflix show teaser dropped this week. We'll show a little bit of that here on stream with New Raccoon City in 2022. Yeah, it it looks cool. This is another video game adaptation to Netflix, to the silver screen, to your your streaming app of choice. Well, not really choice. It's Netflix. Uh, So fun fact, um, you know, hopefully it comes out before they start locking down on password sharing. Otherwise, you're going to be paying $15 a month also for everyone else to watch this. Um, I feel like this has potential. Uh, This has always been a title that a lot of people thought would have that ability to have that crossover and do well. But again, it's Resident Evil. It's it's zombies. It's I. I just don't get it. I'm I'm not a big zombie person. July 14th is the release date for it on Netflix. Cool. Awesome. Great. It's it's still zombies. I may give it a shot just because it is a video game crossover. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's still an overdone trope. And, and and that's the issue. It's like we need to go 15 or 20 years without a zombie or vampire movie uh, and then kind of reset the stage and then start bringing them back so people are excited. It just feels like everyone goes, oh, I want to make a horror movie. I want to make a horror show. Zombies. And then you see all those people with, oh, I'm an official zombie hunter. I got my zombie hunter permit on the back of my car. Like, those stupid stickers that pop up from time to time when zombies become stupid popular. I don't know, Joey. I, I'll i watch an episode or two. If it's good, awesome. If it's not, it's another zombie film that failed. Yeah, I think that's the biggest issue for this one here. Like, video game adaptations to TV shows and movies struggle enough as is, it feels like. There's been very few successful overall. Uh, on top of that, you're bringing in the zombie trope, like you mentioned, John. Zombies, vampires, both are so overdone at the moment, as long, alongside battle royales, it feels like. Um, But it is one of those things that we see keep cropping up time and time again. And while I like the idea of them trying to push this IP forward on this medium, at the same point, the zombie thing, just with it being overpopulous, might be the factor that holds it back in the end. We'll have to see when that eventually drops in July of 2022. Next up, another TV series. This one not taken straight from a game, but it is going off of a game. That game being League of Legends, as well as the League Championship Series here in NA, the LOL esports scene of North America. Paramount Plus has announced a new parody show, Players. Uh, This one is full of goofiness, John, and I get it. It's meant to be a parody show. It's meant to make fun of esports, meant to make fun of the scene. Uh, At the same point, kind of showing some of the -the behind-the-scenes stuff that actually does happen as well. Uh, As much as it does feel like a joke at times, it's not only something Twitter, or or the Cloud9 Twitter, rather, is posting. It is actually stuff that goes on behind the scenes, too. So a little bit of joke, a little bit of realness, and again, centered around League of Legends here. Uh, I'm... I'm hesitant on this one. I'm interested because it's esports, but at the same point, it's one of those things that I 
I don't know if I'm going to find some of this stuff funny. Some of it I'm sure I will, but other stuff just feels way too cringe even for me. Joey, I'm all about this. I'm one, one <laughs> 100% about this as the trailer plays with like people in their freaking underwear. Um, no, I'm 100% about this. Like, It is going to hit on all the stereotypes involved in gaming and esports and League of Legends. It, ha it From what it looks like, there's a lot of LCS and just League of Legends and LEC personalities and people that mm -hmm. are involved in esports a part of this series. That alone gives it the, the legitimacy, in my opinion, to really give it a shot. And, I mean, if it pokes fun at the scene, I mean, who better to poke fun at the scene than people in the scene? The people who understand what goes on behind the scenes that can kind of make fun of these, you know, uh, esport and gamer stereotypes, but do it in a tasteful manner that doesn't offend gamers and esport pros out there. Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of like the whole joke in, in the gaming uh, world with, you know, Parents don't understand you can't pause League of Legends. You can't pause Overwatch. You can't pause these multiplayer online games where there's teams and it's live play. There is no such thing as a pause button. I feel like it's it's stuff like that that's going to joke about it. Or, you know, uh, an eSport professional retiring and going uh, uh, becoming a professional cosplayer. Sneaky, I'm looking at you. Uh, but, you know, it, it's things like that, like that are just so ironic and iconic in eSports that don't really happen in traditional sports. Plus, there's so many traditional sports spoof shows out there, and they all do incredibly well. I think this has a really good chance of being something big for Paramount, and I think it'll be a lot less controversial than uh, Master Chief in the Halo series getting a girlfriend. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, that thing was <laughs> popping up all over the place today, wasn't it? Right? Uh, I have not seen that episode, and I'm kind of nervous to dive into that one. But yes, this is interesting. If you guys want to see some parody action of esports, go watch Cream Cheese and Organism when they hit the silver oh, screen here so for good. Paramount+. Plus. So good. Cream Cheese is such a great gamer tag. I love it. I love it. Absolutely spreadable. Hopefully it spreads <sighs> on social media as well for Paramount+. Plus's sake. Uh, next up, you. Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> Everyone keeps calling it Jedi Fallen Order 2. It is tilting me off the planet, and today it can stop... <laughs> Because Jeff Grubb officially announced that Star Wars Jedi Survivor is going to be the title of the Fallen Order sequel. I also got this confirmed from one of my sources around the same time. Unfortunately, not noticing that Grubb actually leaked it out beforehand. I was pretty excited. And then I realized I was probably told it because he already leaked it anyway. Uh, with that being said, John, I'm excited for it. I love the original game. I know you did as well. I like the idea of diving back into this. And I'm not really sure what it's going to entail. I think there's a few directions they could go. They could go a completely new direction, going away from Cal Kestis and that group and making something completely new. They could continue really where they left off with the Cal Kestis story uh, and not diving into spoilers, but there's some different takes that they could go from where they ended there. And then the other thing is they've mentioned before that they would love to do a lead character that's not only female, but African-American as well. And there's one character in particular from the Fallen Order series that already came to play that they could possibly do. I would think it would be a prequel if they go that direction. Uh, but I could see that being a direction as well. Yeah. And I mean, maybe this is a also a tie-in to the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series as well. With that era of Jedi, the, the Jedi that survived Order 66, still trying to hide from the newly risen Empire uh, as they are hunting the Jedi down to wipe out that order. Uh, obviously, we still don't know a whole lot about what this game is. Joey, I'm going to call it Jedi Fallen Order 2 just to piss you off. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but no, I mean, when I think Survivor, and I think the ending of the original Fallen Order game, you know, that was Cal Kestis saying, 
you know, if the Jedi Order is going to come back together, it's going to come back together because the Force wills it. It's not up to him to go out and find all these Force-sensitive, uh, you know, children throughout the the galaxy to start an academy and try and try to train a new Jedi Order. If the Force wills it, the Force is balanced. That's what's going to happen. Uh, so to me, when I see Survivor, the first thing that pops in my head instantly is that time after Order 66, the rise of the Empire, where the Jedi are being hunted up until A New Hope being Luke Skywalker. Uh, to me, that's just my theory. I know it's a popular theory out there as well. A lot of people agree with that too, but I do agree with you too. I think the prequel idea uh, for that character from the original uh, Fallen Order I think that's a really, really cool story as well because, you know, she was trained as a Jedi along with her good friend who went to the dark side who happened to be one of the big baddies in Fallen Order. Uh, you know, that also could represent Survivor, surviving, uh, you know, her journey in the Jedi Order and her falling out and helping Cal Kestis in his journey. I think that would be really awesome as well. Uh, I do think it'd be probably be one of those two, but I am leaning a little bit more towards that era of where the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is going to be, which is after Order 66 and the rise of the Empire. And I think her story relates right to Order 66, if I remember correctly. Yes. Like, I think her story kind of picks up right where Order 66 happens, and then she kind of cuts herself off from the Force so they, she can't be traced. Mm -hmm. uh, so with that being said, John, it could be right in line. It seems like both of us are kind of looking at that time period. Next up, just a couple upcoming announcements, though. We're going to hit some esports news and wrap up today's show. Upcoming, the Epic Game Store, for those on PC, has some solid free games this week. You have Jotun Valhalla Edition. This is a fun indie game. Highly recommend it. Beautiful art style over there for that one. And then you have Prey. This one coming from Arcane. I believe Arcane Austin, if I remember correctly. Super trippy game. Uh, I was a little frustrated at the beginning, but once you get past that part, it is amazing. It's such a cool experience and one of the most underrated games of, I feel like, the last decade or so. And then Red Out Enhanced Edition. Can't say too much about this one. I've never played it, but it is a third game available as well. After that, on May 17th, we have the 505 Game Showcase. Uh, a lot of people know 505 most recently for Control. They were the company that published that one from Remedy. A uh, super popular game, won the most Game of the Year awards a couple years back. I believe it was 2019, if I remember correctly. On top of that, they are promising updates on previously announced titles in addition to a surprise or two along the way. Maybe you look at that Control multiplayer game in the works. Maybe some, I think Alan Wake might be published by them as well. There's always possibilities for those two. There's rumors that Remedy could be working on a Doctor Strange game, so maybe we see something along those lines if it's published by 5052. Uh, a lot of different options out there. Again, that showcase May 17th. Uh, we've mentioned this one before, but now we have an official date for it. The Summer Game Fest opening is going to kick off on Thursday, June 9th. Again, we mentioned it last week, but they do have IMAX tickets. Those went on sale today. If you want to check out that showcase, I believe it's like 2 p.m. Eastern time during the middle of that Thursday, and it will be available in select IMAX theaters. And then last but not least, the Xbox and Bethesda's game showcase. Uh, unfortunately, the Starfield and Red's fall delays will play into this, but we should still get gameplay for both of those games as well as many others dropping June 12th for that one with the PC gaming show following directly behind it. Anything else to say on all of these showcases, John? Again, the May one, we're probably going to have more dates for the June ones coming soon. And then these big ones with the Summer Game Fest opening and Xbox Bethesda. I'd keep an eye out to see if OTN's doing anything, that's for sure. Hey, I like the thought of that, guys. And you can do that. Head over to Twitter and follow at OTN Media for that, as well as the Level Up account. We'll get that posted over here in Twitch. For those of, here, those of you here live with us on the show, and the rest of you will hear it shortly once we get through this eSports section. 
For esports, we have one major roster move we gotta talk about, and that is your boys Cloud9. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna interrupt you real quick. Please. Can I play the video from the Cloud9 Twitter for, for this announcement? Oh yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> I abs first off, Sneaky is the one who, who helped direct this, which I think was really freaking cool. Um, but yes, I, I really want to play this because not just because I'm a massive Cloud9 fan, but I, I love the this is the reason why I think a, a spoofy esports series on Paramount Plus is going to do great, uh, is because Meme 9 itself is essentially that already. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this, and I, I'm so excited. Hold on. I argue there is no other org that does videos like this better than Cloud9. That was fantastic. I completely forgot about the F-bomb at the beginning, uh, so that's my bad, but <laughs> that, that was... <laughs> Joey, the first F-bomb on the show was actually neither of us. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do a great job. There's definitely some orgs that connect very well with fans, and Cloud9 is one of them. That video, not quite as meme but it definitely plays a little bit it. on some of the stuff that we had with LS previously, and I love some of those themes that they brought out there. On top of that, yes, Jensen returning to the mid lanes, Ven on support. Again, a reason to follow us on Discord and check that out, guys. We did leak this hours before the video even came out. So now you guys know it early there, and then you got the official one here with a sweet video on top of it. Uh, John, I think this roster is pretty decent. My biggest question mark is Venet support, but I think he'll be able to pull it off. Yeah, that one is so trolly, and I feel like that's something Cloud9 would do. I mean, moving Fudge to mid lane last split, it worked. I mean, they I would argue they had a decent overall split. Obviously, they didn't get to where they wanted to in the playoffs, but they still made it pretty far. Having Fudge back in top lane, I think that's absolutely solid. Uh, Sven at support, I think, is a major question mark. But Jensen Jensen is still a player that, stat-wise, is still one of the best mid laners in North America. I, it blows my mind that he wasn't on a team during the spring split. It's not like the mid lane was all that great in the spring split. There, I mean, it, just, it, it really blew my mind. I, 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 it makes me wonder if there's other things going on behind the scenes here. But I'm really excited to see Jensen... Yeah, that too. His contract <laughs> was yeah. pricey. So, you know, I love the fact that Jensen's back, not just for him being back in Cloud9, but back in the LCS. I think that's great for Jensen. I think it's great for the LCS. And Cloud9 now gets the benefit with Jensen coming back. I'm a big Jensen fan. Uh, what, what was his, uh, his name was uh, Incarnation before that, before he was reformed. Uh, I, I love his play style. I love his attitude. I love the swagger. I'm glad he's back on Cloud9 as a C9 fan. Uh, but I think overall, I think it's a big boost for the LCS going forward. Absolutely. And we'll see how that translates to the LCS as we do slide on over to MSI to take a quick look at some of those groups over there. In Group A at the moment, just making sure I'm on the right year, I am. Uh, group A, T1 is leading 3-0. The Saigon Buffalo at 2-1. Detonation Focus Me from Japan at 1-2. And, and Team Ace at 0-3. Again, guys, about halfway through the round-robin group stage as of yet. And that is how Group A lines up. I don't expect too many things to change there. T1 will definitely take that group. Over to Group B, we have Royal Never Give Up, the Istanbul Wildcats, PSG Talon, and the Red Candids. Uh, a lot of the, or Canids rather, uh, a lot of these teams have been showing up in international competition in recent years. Again, I do feel like a lot of this one does stay the same. Royal Never Give Up should win this group pretty handily. I do think PSG Talon does pick it up a little bit and slide into that second spot, though. 
And then over to Group C, a little bit smaller due to some travel restrictions going on. This one includes your EA or EA, EU and NA, folks. I tried to combine them there. Uh, G2 Esports leading the charge for EU at 4-0. and And then Evil Geniuses still plotting their way to the top at 2-2 two two for the NA folks of the LCS. Unfortunately, Oceana and Order not representing quite as well up against their counterparts here from NA and EU, currently sitting at 0-4. Again, guys, still matches to be played, but John, I think you're probably on the same page with me. I'm not expecting too many changes in these standings. No. Uh, what you see is what you're going to get, uh, to be completely honest. Um, you might see a change in Group A between second and third, maybe, uh, but I think your number one seeds overall in every single group are exactly who they're supposed to be, T1, RNG, uh G2, uh, you know, Evil Geniuses in second place in Group C. I mean, Order has no chance there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be your final standings just with different records going forward. I mean, I, it, it's not going to change. MSI is one of those very predictable uh, tournaments. Definitely feels like that. So with that being said, the top two teams from each of these three groups will move on to another round-robin group stage, something new this year. And they're calling stage two the Rumble. It's going to be another double round-robin stage. Matches are best of one with the top four teams from that stage advancing. So again, everyone's in three groups. Top two teams get taken out. They get shoved into another group where the top four teams will eventually advance to stage three. Stage three will go back to the traditional MSI format where it does become a single elimination bracket. Teams will get knocked out all the way to that championship with all matches at best of five. So we'll keep an eye on that. But to wrap up today's show, the last bit we're going to touch on is the Overwatch League. Season 5 has kicked off. John, we're Pro League, and we are playing in a beta. The Overwatch 2 beta, in fact, week 1 is done. And in the books, we're not going to hit every single individual matchups because it felt like 99% of the teams are still trying to figure out how to play the game. With that being said, the overall thought of Overwatch 2 and how it's made its debut in the pro scene, what are you thinking so far? Uh, it's been buggy. Um, there have been a lot of issues uh, with the broadcast. Uh, obviously, they, they switched back to in-person for a lot of the broadcast, at least for the talent. Uh, the players are still playing remotely. Um, but the game itself, granted the pros have had a little bit longer to play this game before the public beta came out. Um, there's still a lot to be desired in this game. There's a lot of balancing issues. I mean, Wrecking Ball is completely disabled because it literally breaks the game. Uh, that's one of the issues when you are playing a game that's still in its beta development stage, uh, you know, with its mass testing going on in the public, you're still trying to work things out. And now you have your multi-million dollar esports league playing on a beta game. Uh, it, it's risky. It's very risky, but like it's a move they had to do because there's been almost two plus full years of zero support, zero update, zero anything for the original Overwatch game. So it almost feels forced. Now, that being said, I do like the direction some of the heroes went. I think Orisa is a very strong champion or hero now. I love her new kit. I love the changes they have made. Supports have become a little bit more viable. Uh, especially with the sense that it's a lot easier to dive the back lane now uh, with, uh, you know, supports being a little more vulnerable with only having one tank. Uh, so there is that as well. I think some of the new maps that came out look absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's Blizzard, it's Overwatch, it's what they do. Uh, the new push mode, I think, is, is pretty interesting as well. Watching the pros play it is a lot more entertaining than I thought it would be, uh, you know, versus from like when we played it in the beta, it was kind of, 
you know, there it felt like there was more one-sided matches, but with the pros, definitely has that back-and-forth feel to it. Uh, still feels like a free-for-all escort map, though, but that's neither here nor there. But I think overall, it's okay. I want to see them continue to develop it to actually justify the idea of releasing a separate game called Overwatch 2 instead of just patching and fixing and updating the original Overwatch. I mean, John, you're going to be waiting till 2032 for that oh, to I happen, know. if we're being I honest. Know. Fully aware. <laughs> I just do not think it's going to happen, unfortunately. I think we're starting to come to that realization that this is what we will be getting. It's pretty much Overwatch 1 with some new heroes, some new maps, some new updates, and good stuff like that. Um, but it will not be a giant change, minus the 5v5 format that was previously 6v6 coming into this one. With that being said, I think week one action, while buggy, while the graphics didn't quite look as high quality as they usually do, while the desk had some issues here and there, uh, while teams had exploit issues as well, uh, some of those, hey, Florida Mayhem, we see you out there. Uh, overall, I feel like week one went all right, especially considering it was a beta. I still think there's plenty of room to grow, and I'm excited to see how some of these teams settle in as the season goes on. Anything else you want to say about gaming, esports, anything? Uh, I feel like we had to cut a number of topics this week just because there were so freaking many to cover, uh, but there are other ways to hear from us. Again, our website, otnmedia.org, is a great place to do that. Uh, Gamer Bites, the new weekly newsletter we just launched, you can get in your email every Friday morning that comes in with the hottest topics of the week. Uh, John will post the link over here in Twitch chat as well as in the notes on our show notes for those listening on the podcast version. But other than that, I am just about wrapped up for this week. We're going to wrap you up in bubble wrap is what we're going to do, John. Oh, you are too precious. Well, thank you, sir. We, we can't have you go out in, in public without extra protection joe you mean too much to level up nation it's as simple as that nation that is gonna do it for this edition of level up live but before you go head on over to patreon.com slash otn consider becoming a part of the overtime network in return you'll get access to exclusive content that nobody else in the world can get unless they are a part of otn media if you haven't done so already make sure you follow the show here live on twitch to catch the next episode of level up live if you listen to the show on the podcast, make sure you download it on your podcatcher of choice. Just look up the Level Up podcast, and we are there for you. We love to hear from our listeners, our viewers, our Discord members so much. There are multiple ways for you to reach out to us. Joey, what are some of those ways? Absolutely, guys. Start by heading over to Twitter and finding us at Level Up Live. That is LVLUP Live. In addition to that, you can follow the Umbrella Company, OTN Media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OTN Media. On Instagram, it's OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow on Twitch over on twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media, Amazon Prime, Twitch Prime, whatever it's called. Subs are always appreciated. Gifts, goodness, just hanging out in chat, all of it over here. This show, Thursday. All right, make sure you tune in next week. That is Thursday, May 19th, as we continue to... As we continue to cover the latest in gaming and esports news, I am ready for the weekend if you could not tell. Do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We will catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level, level up. up.